0: What's up, everybody? Check it out. It's your man Night Wonder. And you're now checking out the producer's podcast, my man Crazy Drazy from DOS Effects.
1: Yo, yo, what's good, y'all? It's your man Crazy to the Drazy Diggity DOS Effects. Back at you with another one this time. Yo, I got a super, super, super big fish in the game. My brother from another mother, he's worked with some of the biggest, some of the best. I'm talking about Jay-Z. Yeah, that Jay-Z. He's worked with Destiny's Child. Yeah, that Destiny's Child. He's worked with Kendrick Lamar. Okay, I'm jealous I ain't worked with the brother yet. Okay, he's worked with Rhapsody, Smith & Wesson. Yo, the list goes on and on. Please welcome to the show my brother from another mother, North Carolina's finest, my brother, Knife to the wonder.
0: What's up, brother? How you doing? (laughs) What's happening?
1: Yo, what up, Knife?
0: How you, man? What's going on with
1: you? Or or, as I should say, Professor. Chill. (laughs) (laughs) Professor. Yo, I'm good, man. Thanks for joining the show, man. I know you got a lot going on, so... I just had to thank you for taking time out to, you know, chopping it up with the little fish, nah, you know, nah. yeah. No little
0: fish in here, bro.
1: Yeah, nah, nah. this is, <laughs> we, we just getting started. So you're one of the earlier guests. So for you to, you know, take time out, I really appreciate it, you know.
0: No problem.
1: Yeah. So Thanks. i want to jump right into it. Listen, a lot of producers, a lot of people in the music game, they're either from East Coast. West Coast, you know what I'm saying? You know how the, the genre works in hip hop. Sure. But for, for you being from, from NC, which later on, I have a crazy story about how I almost got killed in North Carolina. What? This, yeah, okay. bro. <laughs> okay. Almost got taken out. But um, you being from NC, I thought it was, you know, interesting that being from out the bubble that you were able to insert yourself and get such a strong foot in the game. You know, how, how was that for you coming into the New York market like that? What was it? You know,
0: it's crazy because, um, you know, growing up in the late eighties, early nineties, North Carolina was connected to New York so much fashion wise, sound wise, music wise, like that's what we were listening to. You know, if you, if you, if you start, I'm gonna say the 1982, right? From 1982 okay. all the way up until probably 1992, outside of Two Live Crew, everything we listened to was from New York City. Yeah. With the exception of Two Live Crew, NWA, and Too Short, probably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything else was New York-centric, right? Mm-hmm. You would think if, if, you know, I grew up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and, but if you, you would think if it was, you know, whether it be Durham or Raleigh or any other city, this was New York as well. The way cats looked, the way cats dressed, the way mm. some of the words we used, um, everything was so I got it honest, I guess. You know, mm. it wasn't as far as the sound and, and the influence, I got it kind of honest. Mm. But then the internet came along and, you know, it's for everybody in the late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s. So now, we're close to making music that can be anywhere USA. I might not be from New York, but can I get my music faster to New York than I could before without the internet? Probably, I probably of can. Of course. And so that's what happened. But so I'm taking everything that I'm influenced by, and putting them this putting it in a space where we can just get out to everybody. We're to the point now. You had people thinking, well. Is he from New York City? Is he from Brooklyn? Is he from Queens? Is he what you know the way he sounds, where the music sounds, to find that I'm from North Carolina, but then they're like, well, did the South sound like that at one point? He's like, yeah, that's that's all we knew. So it in a lot of in a lot of retrospect, thinking about it, it still came honest to me. And the internet just helped it catapult to not only to New York, but around the world, and they helped me necessarily break into the New York market, if you want to say.
1: And so it didn't really, it didn't necessarily hinder you being from NC.
0: Yeah,
1: because- I I don't think
0: so. I don't think it hindered me. The thing that hindered me the most is, I I don't want to call it a hindrance, is what I was choosing to make beats on as opposed to anything else. Cause let's think about it. Ski is from, Ski Beats is from Greensboro, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And he was on all over Reasonable Doubt, so. And he also produced Uptown Saturday Night for, for Camp Lowe. So we already had producers in the game for my state. It's just, you know, we already had artists. We had Jodeci, right? So we already had artists that were making their way. Mm-hmm. It's just the fact that now here comes another one. And mm-hmm. But I came in a totally different way. But nobody looked at me and said, oh, you can't do this because you're from here or whatever. I was lucky enough to be able to be mentored by Pete Rock and a premiere. And, and, and people like that. So,
1: Nath, I want to take it from the beginning with you. Um, I want to because your story kind of um, reflects and, and and runs parallel to ours, and in in, in in the way that I met my partner at school while going to Virginia State in ninety in eighty nine, right? So I know you met your guys from because for those who don't know, you were part of a group called Little Brother Big mm. Underground Group, right? Mm. So you guys were. You guys met at college, right? Mm-hmm. At, at Central, North Carolina Central, mm-hmm. which I frequented to during my college days. Homecoming, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I made all those runs, bro. I was going from Virginia State up and down, <clears throat> up and down, up and down, homecoming style. So you meet your crew, right? You meet your guys back in what is it, ninety eight? Yeah, nineteen
0: ninety eight. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you meet, you meet, you meet uh, uh, Fonte and. Um,
0: who? I made Fonte first. I, I was okay. moving, moving in the dorm at that time, and this uh, was my this is my second stint at Central. I went to Central first from '93 to '95, transferred away, then transferred back. Okay. And so when I when I got to school in 1998, I was moving in the dorm, and I had a Source magazine under my arm, mm. and I was walking by, and I heard some dude say, "Let me see that magazine, dog." And so I let him see it, and. You know, when I finished moving in, I came back down to the same dude at my magazine, and he opened it up to a page that had a it had advertisement for sound bombing on it, uh, most different quality sound bombing, like the first Rockers mixtape. And he was like, "Man, this is what I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on this right here." And at the time, this is the division of what the underground and overground was, right? Um, because of the internet, you know, we were looking for music on the net, right? So. That was the thing, and I said, man, what's your name, man? I like most f too, like I like quality too. I I didn't know too many people listening there. I said, what, I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Fante. and that was that was it because we had made friends, you know, through music, loving music, and thought we were the only ones liking this, you know, this obscure at the time. rockus was the obscure music, right? 98. Yeah yeah so we were listening to that and then you know i met Pooh just going through mutual friends going back and forth to the cafeteria yeah. black you already group, yeah so that's how we end up meeting each other you know what i mean I, I if you really think about it man it's funny because we met at some somebody needs to do a documentary or something about hbcus and hip-hop sure. because y'all met it in virginia state black Sheep met at barbara scotia uh yeah and and Low's Underground made it Shaw and St. Alves. So mm-hmm. it's this is uh Digital Planet's made it Howard. I,
1: I never thought of it that way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Crazy. yeah. Crazy. And,
1: and I think and I I need to I need to get my was it Lil Richard on? Because I started that first. I started that first. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. know, I feel like after we dropped out of school, a lot of people was like, were like, they could do it, you know, they read our story and we inspired them, you know, whether directly or indirectly. I think we're one of the first people to take that leap of faith and drop out of school, you know. But ninth, before you, before you um get into college and all that, and meet meet your man, I wanted to back up. What was your musical upbringing? Because you you, I know you serious about your music. You play instruments.
0: Yeah, I play right? instruments in um in middle and high school band. I was I was classically trained and and. Took music theory when I was in the sixth grade. My mo- my mother and father was in uh, gospel choirs in the seventies, so I always grew up, you know, in a church somewhere, sitting on somebody's lap doing a choir rehearsal. Like so, I, I was just raised around it. Even I didn't even know what was going on. So my older brother, rest in peace, um, he he listened to. Uh, Cameo and Parliament Funkadelica, SOS Band and Midnight Star and Atlantic Star and all of that. So I got that wave, too, when I was seven, eight years old. But then I found hip hop and, you know, heard uh, Planet Rock for the first time. And I was like, this is is it. it. So, you know, that's that was the 80s for me. By the time I got to, um, you know, middle school and high school, we're in the middle of, quote unquote, what we call the golden era. I'm in the seventh grade in 1987, 88, and, and anybody knows anything about 88, that's one of the best years for hip hop, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm as an eighth grader, I'm consuming It Takes a Nation a Million, Strictly Business, Criminal Minded, Bigger and Deafer, like mm. I'm just, it's, it's crazy. So by the time I got to high school, which was the fall of 89, 1990, that's the DOC No One Can Do It Better, that's MC Light Eyes on This, it's mm. whatever. And mm-hmm. then you guys come along in 1992, which mm-hmm. I always talk about that was so heavy because we were really in a true, by talking to 1991, we're in a true like, it's hip hop, but it's a lot of dancing going on, right? Mm-hmm. You had yeah, LL Cool J and the Round the Way Girl video and the jingling Baby video was one of my favorite albums, Mama said, knock you out. So you got that. It's rough, but at the same time, it's still, you know, cats still dancing. Mm-hmm. And then you guys come along, and the video's not glossy. Y'all ain't got no, you can't tell if y'all got on design or what. <laughs> y'all are down in a sewer somewhere. Mm-hmm. Y'all got torches, and I'm like, Yo, what? The, what, <laughs> what the hell's hell, going on? What the mm-hmm. hell is this? And and you know, y'all album was released my junior year of high school, okay. and I don't think. People understand, we know because we were there, but I don't mm-hmm. think that even five years later or 10 years later, people understand how how big Das Effects was. Like tell them, tell them, tell them, Knife, like, tell them. <laughs> like, you know, every 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 generation of hip hop, every five five years of hip-hop, there's a phenomenon, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be the, the 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 linguistics change the flow patterns change the fashion changed everything changed right and being gritty and grimy was not a part of the culture yet like we had brand newbian and we had you know there was a religious piece yeah. but being the like the New York gritty and gr- New York New Jersey gritty and grimy like you know that's known for that region of the world's music and wearing Timberlands and big car hard coats, like not happening. Y'all was the first ones to do it. Like You're already, like you already. And so looking at that, and I'm really trying to be hard to think. I'm like, if I think about '91, it wasn't anybody doing that. Y'all were the ones that did it, and y'all did it in the midst of the rise of. The west coast too so it was mm-hmm. y'all did it in so much influence with well, the Timberland has now become the quintessential boot for hip-hop like i, I really can't think of any other boot that, that really right so looking of the groups y'all influenced, not only sound wise shouts to eric sermon but Fashion-wise, that's Wu-Tang, that's Black Moon, that's Smith & Wesson, well, that's Bootcamp Click. That's mm-hmm. Nas, that's mm-hmm. anybody that got dirty, dusty, grimy beats. Mm-hmm. Y'all had that first. Like that's not even a, you know what I mean? Like it's not even a game. Like y'all had, y'all had that first. And plus, you already. Y'all, y'all had, you know, songs, then had remixes of songs. They want a had a remix. Mike Checker had a remix. That was you on my answer machine in high school. Anybody would take it. Um and um just a man had a remix. Pete Rock yeah. did the remix. You already. So it was it was just a whole look with the champion sweatshirts and yeah. Oh man, it was yeah. it was a phenomenon, dog. So like, for you, for you
1: it was, it was were you do, let me before I ask you my next question because it, my, my man Derek from Solid Scheme is going to watch this, and he just called me the other day in the uproar where um, Homeboy from Hot 97 or one of the radio stations was talking about the verses, and he said Eric Sermon laced them with some beats, and I just heard caught you said, a lot of, and I had to tell Derek, yo, D, you're almost invisible from the time you produced our album. A lot of people think Eric Sermon did the majority or a lot of our beats or some of our beats. I can't think of one beat Eric Sermon has ever done for us. He's never worked with us. Eric has never worked with us. So that's some piece of history that people sometimes like, are you sure? That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, solid scheme. And and Day One Effects was done by uh, some guys I went to Virginia State with, Marcus, and I can't remember his name. But after that, and then and then, um, Clap Your Hands was done by another producer named Dex from Brooklyn. But from there on, it's solid scheme, solid scheme, solid scheme. And the story behind that is we wanted to work with Eric. We wanted to work with Eric, but I think Eric's hands were so full, EPMD, blah, blah, blah. And we had, like little brother, we had our own in-house producers, you know what I'm saying? Which were Derek and Chris. So we, we didn't lean on Eric too much. And, and they were heavily influenced by Eric. They loved Eric's production and Parish's production. They loved the West Coast. So that's why our sound is so funk influenced. And, you yeah. know, yeah. Now, when it comes to Reggie, of course, that was Eric's protege, his man, his man, his man. But I just want to let you know, like, man, Eric Sermon, shit, solid scheme, solid scheme. But that's a solid
0: scheme. I, I you already I'm, know. I am, I am forever a student. Right, I, I'm gonna have... I was, I was the days old when. And so, so who did So who did the remix for Mike Checker? Boom, boom, boom! Solid it's... scheme.
1: <laughs> Derek and Chris, Derek and Chris. Yeah. Now the story behind that is crazy. Couldn't find a forget the remix. The story behind Mike Checker is crazy. Had the song right?
0: Uh... Lyrics,
1: lyrics are done. Lyrics are done. We had a whole nother hook. It was a um, Slick Rick hook. Gather around and hear this. You know, and it just wasn't fitting. You know what I mean? Ninth, it just wasn't hitting. And I I swear we went on and did maybe two other songs, left the song alone. Wasn't even, it was, you know, when you're doing mad songs at the time, wasn't even thinking like, this needs to be on the album. It was ah, just another one. Can't think of the damn hook. Derek, Chris in the studio. This was the genius of Chris, God rest the dead. Chris is like, yo, he's listening to Scoob's verse and Scoob goes, microphone checker, one, two, checker. He's like, stop it right there. That's it. We're gonna, that's it. So that was the genius of Chris and Mike Checker where we were about to throw Mike Checker out the window, how to slick Rick, cause we we love slick. We used them so many times. And then boom, Derek and Chris, Chris in particular was like, nah, we're gonna sample Scoob. And for us, <clears throat> that was mind blowing. Like, you're on the hook, Scoop. This is crazy. You know, and, and, and another tidbit, people don't realize that Redman is on um, Mike Checker. He's the one doing the, he's doing all the ad-libs on Mike Checker. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? Yeah, Redman, that's Redman. Oh, so when you go back and man. listen. That, when I, On my third verse or one of my verses, you hear him say, get him, Dre. Yeah, you hear yeah. him. On my, yeah, he says, get him, Dre. That's, that's Red
0: man that's crazy and y'all, right
1: and y'all kick that album that's how the album
0: starts like yeah there's no skit no. there's no nothing you hit one is microphone
1: check that's how it comes yeah. home i.e the name dead serious yo knife we were we were and i know there's an interview about you but let me finish this was no, no, this no, was no, a no. time in our life where the album was called dead serious because we had freshly dropped out of school and there was no time to play. If you know, right. my my mother God rest that. God bless that she was on my back like a knapsack, like a spine. She was like you. Dro-. I did three years. I did three years, double major, English, child psychology. And then I call home after getting um, discovered by APMD. I want to drop out of school after three years. She wasn't hearing it. So my pops was more musically inclined. He was like, "I'll give you a semester off, and if it doesn't happen within the semester, you're on your own." You know what I'm saying? So, dead serious. Interlude, I ain't got time to do no damn Interlude. I want to get to the beats. I want to make sure these people are off the rip. You know what I'm saying? So, that was the the, the side story of Dead Serious. But, knife back to you. When you're hearing all those songs, are you doing beats at this time?
0: No, I'm I'm not. I'm, I had a keyboard. Um, had a Yamaha keyboard that can record if I played. So, I was, and I didn't have a turntable or anything like that. So, I was Everything that was samples, I was playing by ear, right? So,
1: because someone would, said you had the perfect ear, is that is that my right? Someone pitch. told you
0: perfect pitch. Perfect pitch. Mm. So I can, you know, if I hum a song like right now, it's going to be the exact key that you hear it, hear it in real life. Can you sing? No, nah, I can carry a tune. I can't, you know what I, I mean. Got you. But I can, I can. Wow. You know, like like for example, like I'm singing the octave lower, but Okay. The beginning of the Mic Checker remix. It's not. It's the key is not. Da, 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 da. That's that's wrong key. The key of that song is. Yeah, that that's the key <laughs> of that shit. Because mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I've heard it so many times. So my ear, you know, I have you know, a great, some i told told, I have a great ear so I can mm. tell key and pitch if something is really off or on. Mm. So at the time I was just playing samples with the keyboard or whatever, but I wasn't sampling anything and I wasn't putting drum breaks to it and chopping it up. I wasn't doing that, but was I, was I low key? Even if I didn't know I was, was I studying it? Mm. Like it was a study for me and I didn't even know it
1: was a study for me. Mm. It was a study for me, so mm. yeah. Yeah, your hip-hop, yeah, we're all in hip-hop school at that time, you know, that's what I kind of call it. We all grew up in our hip-hop university, and we were all walking down the hip-hop hallway, and some of us went into the production classroom, some of us went into the hip-hop classroom. That's how it is in my mind. Someone went into the breakdancing, so hip-hop for me was a school, and we were all learning at the time, you know, so when do you now start making your beats, though?
0: I didn't start making beats until the fall of 1998. And that was from a push from a friend. Like, I, I graduated high school in 1993. I get to school. I go to college, at North Carolina Central for two years. Um, I'm there. I what do you study? History. Okay. Um, I, which, which played a huge part of me being able to teach now. Correct. So I I went to... um. NC State. After that, because I had a son, my son is my son is now was crazy. My son is now twenty six. Uh, he was born in nineteen ninety five, and who I raised off of DosFX. He'd lose it if he knew I was talking to you about that. <laughs> Um But um, I I um I went to school in NC State for a while, and then I transferred back to Central in nineteen ninety eight. Before I transferred back to North Carolina Central at NC State. Mm-hmm. There was a friend of mine by the name of Leroy McDowell, and he, he and his roommate Louis Jerome uh, were engineering students, engineering majors. Okay. And uh, well, Leroy was an engineering major. I forgot what Louis en- was major was, but Leroy was good with computers. You know, he had a he had a laptop. He had I mean he had a desktop, but he had his desktop connected to Louis's turntables, mm. and he was running sound from the turntables into this computer. And you can see it as a wave. This is the first time I saw a wave This is like 1998. And he was making beats on a computer. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Cause somebody in the dorm tried to sell me a... Um, somebody in dorm tried to sell me a uh, an MP for $3,000. I'm in college, I didn't have that. So... it's not? I'm just keep going up to Leroy's room because Leroy was a big RZA fan, and okay. I was a big Pete Rock premiere fan. And we would argue back and forth about who was the greatest. Okay, and so I we're in the room, basically going up the street from NC State, buying quarter records, records for we didn't know what we were buying. Records for a dollar. It was an old record. We bought it, and so we would take it back and try to sample and make a beat out of it. That was 1998.
1: 98. I was mm-hmm. 23 years old when I saw him so, making beats. Making beats. And your local college dude making beats, right? Okay, so they're, they're in your own, and, and is your crew like, yo, yo, Knife, yo.
0: Yeah, so so at the time, um, he's still one of my best friends to this day. Uh, my man, Mike, my man, Mike Burvik is his name. And, and he, you know, he was huge in the hip hop too. He still is. And I remember, playing i had like four beats on a tape on a max sale tape mm. and i played it for him right and he was like this sounds pretty good dog mm. and i was like really he's like yeah like this ain't bad like this is like don't and, and and just for him to say this not bad it's not like it is now like some sometimes people will say your stuff sounds good because you just did it they don't what's the gauge of sounding good these days? We don't even know, right? So, but then this is a kid, this is Mike. He had consumed Wu-Tang, D'Angelo, Jodeci. Like he, his music taste was way up. And we was also listening to Roy Ayers and all that too. So he had like a ear himself to know what was good or not. And he's like, man, these four beats ain't bad though. You gonna keep making beats. And I was like, I don't know. And I kind of left it alone for like a couple of months. And then the spring of 99, I came back to it. And that's been on ever since. I beat, beat, beat every day. That's all I ever want to do is make beats. So,
1: yeah. And by the time you meet um, Fonte, you're making beats now. I
0: made, yeah, I met him in the fall of 1998, but I didn't tell him I was making beats until the fall of 99. I was afraid to tell him, because what's Mm -hmm. crazy about Fonte is he was a um, he was a producer in his own right, still is, and he was making beats and he was traveling down to his um, I think it was uncle or cousin I don't know his quote, but a family member of his down in Burlington, North Carolina. He was going down there and making beats and 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 he was um, he was in a group called Rough Draft. It's funny that, that that Dilla ended up having having a group called Rough Draft later, but Fonte had a group, his homeboys was called Rough Draft back in like 97, 98, 99. And he was looping stuff off a sample that is, is I think his uncle, I think had, and he was making beats already, but, and he was letting me hear it. And I was like, damn this shit, this shit is kind of dope. And so for me, I was afraid to tell him I made beats. Cause I'm like, go, people will tell you real quick if they rap now, like, you know, I'm, 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 they'll, they'll even say this. They ain't produce with nobody. I'm a producer, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're, they're no, they can be, they ain't produced a soul. I'm a yeah. producer just like you and me, whatever. Yeah. But in yeah. that time, I was like, mm, I don't know if I want to tell people that I make B shit. Yeah. So I, I hid it from him for a year.
1: Okay. I told him. Okay. Yeah. So when does the name, uh, are you Ninth Wonder yet? When do you pick your name, Ninth Wonder?
0: And um, I, you know, I probably picked that name around, probably around 1999, by 98, 99. I, I sat in class one day at Central and wrote down a bunch of names, mm. but I wrote down, I put produced by, and then I write a name. I was like, mm. sound right. Produced by you no know, because I cause I needed it to say produced by such and such for mm-hmm. such and such. So it has to say, because I was enamored by critics. So it needed to sound like produced by Pete Rock for Soul Brother number one production. Mm. Produced by DJ Premier for Works of Mark. Like I was used to reading that so much. So it had to be cool, it had to sound good to me. And it was produced by you no know, produced by you no. Know, Produced by No. And at the time, well, in 1994, Diggable Planets dropped a song called Ninth Wonder, right? Mm. Off of um, Blow Out Combs, it was the first single. And I used to love that song. I still love that song. And I thought the name was so dope. And I said, okay, produced by Ninth Wonder. Hmm, do mm. sound like that. Mm. Hmm. And I said, mm. you know, I can also, people can shorten it. Like, cause we call DJ Premier primo, cream, like mm. right? So people can shorten it. They can say ninth, ninth Wonder. Mm. I've got ninth, ninth Wonder, one to yeah. nine, nine. I've got all kind of stuff. Mm. So I said, produced by ninth Wonder. I said, okay. Produced by ninth Wonder four, and I said, it's a wonderful world. Mm. I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. That's it. I said, that's, that's it. it. That's it. So so around around 1998, 1999, if you weren't my family, by the time we get to 2000, I stopped hearing Patrick and start hearing ninth a whole lot. Mm,
1: That's when you know, hey, that's when you know. I got a quiz for you. Can you name me any other wonders of the world? Yes. Um, Okay.
0: Seven ancient wonders, Um, the pyramids of Giza, Mm. Um, the Lighthouse of Alexandria, the Temple of Artemis, Ar- Ar- Artemis, mm. the Hanging Gardens of Nebuchadnezzar, okay, the Colossus of Rhodes, the um, God, um, ooh, and it's a couple of more. The are Grand different? Canyon, the Grand Canyon. Okay, so that so so there's different wonders. There's natural wonders. I was uh-huh. naming the ancient wonders. So the uh-huh. ancient wonders are. The ones uh, that's probably the pyramids of Giza is the only ancient wonders that's still standing. Uh,
1: uh, okay, yeah, I went to. I was like ninth wonder. That's an ill name. Wonder where the yeah. hell he got that name from. Hmm. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and then my sister, she definitely was like, "You better ask him what that name. Where would he come? Where how who how?" So I, I, she kill me. So nice. Boom. You in college, right? Just like me. Same same movie. You with your peoples. Yeah, sorry. Who who when do you like, yo, let's do an album and I'm gonna do the beats? Who, who um, makes that decision? When does that come about like that? So Fante was working at um no, go ahead. Would you to, no no, know. because for those who don't know, the group was Little Brother, right? Mm-hmm. And the first album was called The Listening. So List- just take me, just take me through the name Little Brother and, and, and leading up to everything.
0: Same deal. Um you know Fonte, Fonte is the only member of little brother that you know graduated from college he's the only one and okay. so he had a you know a job you know he he graduated in english top of his class mm. which makes sense and so <laughs> he, he um he but at the time he's working at uh, blue cross blue shield of north carolina insurance company of course and but he was recording music at night so he was burning them candle on both ends. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, one day I looked at him, I said, man, you ought to record a song called, you ought to record a song about you burning the candles on both ends. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, you just going to work and studio or whatever. And at the time, my man, Grap Lover, Pete Rock's brother, mm-hmm. and this, this this rapper by the name of Jock Max, from the Midwest, had a song called, um, Take a Look. And in the song, Take a Look, uh, Jock Max says, I put my JBs on it when I hustle with speed, because Jungle Brook, I mean Jungle Brook, um James Brown, the JBs had an uh, album called Hustle with Speed, and I the Jay-Z is the only when I hustled with Speed, and I thought that was like a dope line, right? And so I said, you got to do a song called Speed, and I can sample that part mm-hmm. and put it over this Bobby Womack sample that I got and see what we can do with it. So originally, it was supposed to be me and Median, this rapper named Median that was in our crew to Justice League. But Median was nowhere to be found, and the only person that we can find to get on the track with Fontaine was Pooh. So, Pooh drove up from Charlotte to Raleigh and we did the record and then we took it to the car to listen to it because we always just take songs to the car to check them out. That's the best way. And I looked at both of them. I said, man, why don't we just be a group? Mm -hmm. And they were like, all right. And so that from that, we still had a name. We were just trying to pick a name we wanted a name that if you saw it on the shelf, you didn't know what we did. You didn't know what we were a rap group, rock group, punk rock group, grunge group, country group. You didn't know. Mm-hmm. And we want to spell it like we to spell it like it's something I was supposed to be spelled. Mm-hmm. But then we came up with the idea of, if we're going to call ourselves a little brother, we are the little brother of your generation of hip hoppers. And so, because y'all you the ones in the, in, whether directly or indirectly raised us. So we, that's how we came up with the name. And that was August of 2001. We finished the listening in March of 2002. Our music got to Quest Love in the craziest of ways um, through the internet at a time when we didn't want to put, at the time you didn't want to put free music on the internet, which <laughs> is funny to say out loud now, but we didn't. Mm. And Quest Love heard our music. We met him so funny on right on this campus mm-hmm. 20, yeah. It was it was the Duke's last day of class. They have concerts called Ldoc last day of class. And the roots was performing. Mm-hmm. And we knew Quest was coming. So we went to, to meet Quest, or chance, hopefully. He came up to the fence with signing autographs. We gave him our CD. He, he said, All right, I'm gonna check it out. He said, and finally he said, We're a little brother. And he turned around, he was like, Oh wait a minute and he turned around he was like man how many songs on this he was like eight he was like all right and so eight out of the 16 17 songs was on my album he went got on the tour bus played it and then next thing you know he put on the site okplayer.com um little brother wow haven't heard anything anything this refreshing since slum village fantastic volume one um this is my official Little Brother endorsement. That whoa, was it. That was the spring of 2002. And after that, not to say we jumped off and got paid, but we knew we were off to the races
1: after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What races. do you What do you classify your style of hip hop as? Because it's not hard hardcore. It's not backpacker. It's, it, it's La ish It's it's yeah, it's 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 um I'm not gonna kill you, kill you rap music. It's not I'm in love, love what what do you consider your style at that time?
0: You know what's funny, all of that what you said, whether it been hardcore, whether it been kill you, love you, whatever. I think the main proponent of all of that is soul. I'm I make soul music. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just been the thing for me. I'm I just make soul, I don't make hip hop beats, I, I just make soul music. And yeah. I've had people talk about women relation, men and women relationships and, and you know, women upset in relationships or being a confidant. in girl, I've had, you know, Erica Badu, Erica Badu talking about how much she likes a man and called him honey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I've had mm-hmm. M.O.P. do a song called Instigator. But then I also had Jay-Z do a song called Threat. But I've also, hey, had, also go had I also had a young kid tell the story about how him, his labor owner, and his dad met in Duckworth.
1: Hey, 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 hey! Slow down, brother. Slow down. I'm, we know so, you're so talking I, about. So I, we know so you talking I, about Kendrick Lamar. We know. <laughs> I, I I've 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 yeah covered yeah. the gambit. So I think sure my sound is soul. I say So Let me, because you would you 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 jumped to some of the. Things I do want to ask you about so I want to fast forward you boom you put out Little Brother right mm-hmm. you, you get the endorsement from Quest mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact I know because um you were saying around that time wasn't it uh like what uh and my producer just told me to Napster and all that stuff was around and it was crazy mm-hmm. at that time for the internet so right. you guys weren't so particularly savvy and wanted to be a part of the internet but listen so you put out the listening you get some traction, right? You, are you guys still in school at this time? No.
0: Fonte um, oh, okay. had already graduated. Okay. Um, he had already graduated, so okay. that, was, that was that. I had okay. dropped out. I did uh-huh. the same thing you did. I called my mom and told her, you know, I had to come home and talk to her about something. Mm. My mom was an educator, mm. which made it even cra- right? <laughs> crazy. My, my mother,
1: too, without being
0: an actual teacher. Oof. Right, exactly. Mm. So, you know, the crazy thing about your story and mine is, first, we're going to the uh, historically black college university, and for a lot of us, we're the first in our generation to really have a chance at this college thing. That's right. So, so when I went home to talk to my mom and told her I wanted to drop out to be a DJ producer, mm. it wasn't good night. That was the best conversation in the world. Mm, I know. I'm with you, bro. She, <laughs> she was like, "What? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, she's like, what, boy? What? Like, she yeah, but like, mom, little brother. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, knowing, trying to explain a, a a culture to her or a phenomenon to her as far as hip hop is concerned. Although she the one that gave me the money to buy Dead Series. She the one that gave me the money to buy. Damn it. <laughs> a one for all. She the one right. who gave me to about people's instinctive. So she gave me the money, but right. she didn't know what I was listening to. She wasn't sitting right. around listening to it with me. Right. So when I told her that, I she was upset. And, mm-hmm. and, and, the, and the same thing, my dad was like, let the boy live his life. My mom was like, all right, you on your own. And I was like, Phew. I don't even know what that really means, but I'm on my own, huh? She was like, yeah, you. Don't don't call home, ask me for nothing. Don't do this. If that's what you want to do, unless you're in grave danger, don't do it. And I was like, whew, okay. Okay. So Mm. that was, you know, when I dropped out of school. So none of us has finished school. And now we're in 2003 and I'm selling beats for $50, Mm. right? And it wasn't, it didn't turn the corner until I, I saw, I did a, I did a record for Master Ace called Good Old Love. Mm-hmm. And he paid me $2,000 for that beat. Mm-hmm. And that was like the first big check I was seeing off making music, right? Mm-hmm. $2,000 check. And I was like, wow, this is, so I just make a beat and you get paid for it like that. Mm-hmm. Is this what this is? Mm-hmm. And so then that was the summer of 2003. But then September 2003 is when I ended up in the studio with Jay-Z.
1: Before you get to Jay Z, I know you had the brainchild, which I tell a lot of producers. I was like, "Nice, smart, bro." I don't care what nobody say. You do the remix to Nas's album, Godson.
0: God God's yeah, son. and, that, and mm-hmm. then you
1: called it Step Step, step Stepson.
0: Son. So, Jeez. so, so God Stepson wasn't named by me. It was named by uh, uh, a former staff employee of ABB Records, who we used to be signed to. Little brother was. Mm-hmm. His name was Ian Davis, ID for short. So ID when I finished, I did God's stepson in the weekend. And from Saturday to Monday, I just kept just remixed it. I, I didn't think I was gonna, I didn't, I wasn't remixing it for the world to hear per se. I was just remixing it because I wanted to hear Nas over something else. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, if I have a chance to fix it, I'm gonna fix mm-hmm. it. So I fixed it. That's what I in my world of saying fixed it. So, you know, we mixed it and and I sent him up to my man ID. Mm -hmm. And ID was like, yo, this is crazy. And I was like, you like it? He's like, this is crazy. And I I was like, okay. And he sent me back the picture and the cover of God's stepson, then I was like, Okay. Again, this is the this is the early forms of the internet. You don't wow. we don't know what viral means yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so next thing you know, it gets out there and it becomes probably outside of the Jay-Z thing for a long time. The biggest thing attached to my name is that. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. So it becomes a phenomenon. I wasn't even trying to make it one. I was just like, yeah, I just want to. I just want
1: to make put knives over something else. I just yeah, want to it. and for those who don't know, that's the album with um, Major Look on it. Yes. Yeah, so that's yeah, a, that, a that's Major a look. big album. That's what in two thousand three, two thousand two, like you said, that's that's a big album. So, and I think that was ingenious of you, bro, because I, a lot of producers always ask me, "Yo, Drake, how can I get my beats? How can I get people to hear it?" Well, maybe get the instrumental. Uh, I mean, the acapella from a rapper the hottest song out and just throw your best beat on there and then do one better try especially now send it to the rapper send it to him send it to his label because I know me as a rapper when I hear my voice on somebody else's beat that I'm like yo first thing who, who did that beat what the hell is this and then it makes me go search for the producer so I think that was ingenious what you did but little brother God step step godson and then boom, Jay Z enters the picture because someone heard your production from little brother and then the Jay things hap- the Jay thing happens. Walk us through that. Okay, so
0: in February two thousand three, I met a guy by the name of T Smith. Okay, and T Smith was doing video. He was a videographer. And he was doing video work for another brother I know that was here with rapping. His name is Spectac. So. T. Smith comes down to North Carolina. Spectac comes by the house and and picks me up. T. Smith is in the car. He introduces me to T. Smith. He tells T. Smith that I make beats. I'm playing beats in the car. We take T. Smith by Bojangles. We get some food. I'm still playing beats. And T. Smith says, well, man, you hot, man. Mm. Anytime, if I ever think of anybody that needs some beats, I'm I'm from Brooklyn. If right? anybody needs some beats, I'll let you know. And I'm like, okay. You know, we hear that all the time. Sure, right? sure, Fittling sure. Your client. <laughs> and I didn't, I wasn't like, yeah, whatever, man. I was like, all right, man, I appreciate it. And I ain't thinking anything of it. So, fast forward to September of that year, I get a call from T. Smith. They're <laughs> so like out of the blue. Okay. And T. Smith became, out of a thousand videographers, he won the position to become the main videographer for Fade to Black, what we now know as Fade to Black, white. So he's in the studio with Young Guru, which is now one of my best friends. And he's in the studio with Guru.
1: And for those who don't know, Young Guru is?
0: Jay-Z sounds, he's sound engineer. Okay. Any time he says, says guru, let's get him again. Like that's right. who guru is, okay. Howard, Howard alumni. So he said, man, I'm sitting in the studio, man. Uh, You know who Young Guru is? I was like, from Rockefeller? <laughs> like he was like, yeah, he wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. So he puts Young Guru on the phone and say, what's up my man, blah, 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 it's guru. And I just want to talk to you, man, you know, First, I want to tell you I'm a Little Brother fan. What? Like, what? <laughs> what? Like, what? <laughs> what? This is what we're thinking. In our young mind, we're thinking that we're an underground group. And nobody who deals on a commercial level is a fan of ours. Why would they like our stuff? So he was like, <clears throat> I think the beats are amazing. Can you get to New York and play beats for Jay-Z? What? All of, All of this is making no sense to me. I'm like, what? Like what? Is this a prank? <laughs> it's got to be a joke. And right. he was like, "Man, nah, man, I I love speed. I love whatever you say. He's and records." I was like, "Man." And so I said, "Yeah, I get that." Was it was a Wednesday. I said, "Yeah, I get to New York." And he said, "When can you come? Can you come Saturday? Give you a little time to get settled." I said, "Yep." So I, from Wednesday to Friday, I made beat after beat after beat after beat after beat after beat because I told myself I was not going to New York to play beats for Jay Z. And him not hearing no heat. Mm. So I'm beat, beat, beat. So I get to New York that Saturday and walk in the studio, and there's Jay in the studio. And oh, shit. Jay is in there. It's 2003. So Jay is in there. Beyonce's in there. Young Ghoul's in there. A couple of the cats. So we in there, and I, you know, Jay say Lambley, hear what you got. Because mm. at the time, Jay Z and Quest Love were close friends. Well, they had just finished working on um MTV Unplugged. Mm. And so they were close friends and were acquaintances at the time. And Amir would call Jay on the phone a lot. So on the way to New York, I called Amir. I say, look here, man. I gotta go to by this time Quest Love is fully invested in Little Brother. And now Quest Love is like, we're on phone phone basis now. Mm. So I'm like, Question Love, I'm on the way to New York and I got to play Beats for Jay. He said, All right, I'm going to call him. You go, what? <laughs> so by the time he said, I'm going to call him. So by the time I get, he said, Stay right there. He said, Stay right there. I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call him and let you know, let him know, give him a heads up on you. So by the time I get to New York that night, that's, that um night of September 20th, I walk in there and he says, Yeah, man, I was talking to Amir today, man. He said, You got some heat. Let me hear what you got. Okay. So I started playing them beats. I played him 29 beats. Mm-hmm. And he said, All right, go back to number one, three, five, seven, number 10. He was he remembered the track number that mm-hmm. the beats that he liked. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was that. And I was like, man, come on, bro. Like, this is this is not real life. Like this is this has to be fake. Mm-hmm. So he... He said, man, you got a lot of beats. What you doing on Monday? This is a Saturday. He said, what you doing on Monday? I said, what I need to be doing on Monday? hmm And he said, you need to be back here. Mm. I said, OK. And so he, he, he came up to me, gave me some dap, and said, well, you got some heat. Mm. He walked out. Beyonce came up to me and said, I really like what you got. What? What? Beat, beat. <laughs> right, right, right. He walked out and 30 seconds later, Jay came back and said, man, can I have that beast you need to ride home to? Mm. Yeah. And I gave it to him. Mm. Monday came around. Well, Sunday, the next day, I end up going to um Marley Mars crib to do future flavors. And I did future flavors that night. And um the next day I ended up in the stew back with Jay-Z. And I play some more beats for him. He's like, Man, well, I got this song called Threat, right? <clears throat> I just got one verse, but you think you can take this sample and make a beat out of it? And he gave me the R. Kelly sample, right? Which is crazy to say his name now, but he gave me the R. Kelly sample for him. and the song A Woman's Threat. And I hadn't heard the song before. And he's like, You know, he said, See what you can do with this. I'm about to go get some to eat. I'll be back. I hope you got something when I got back when I get back. And I was like, this is, and the studio was packed that day. It was Said the Entertainer, Young Guru, Just Blaze, Clark Kent, Freeway. Like anybody that I ever thought I'd seen on TV and hip hop was in there. I was like, this is not real. Mm. And so I made, I had an IBM IBM ThinkPad laptop and I made it in 25 minutes. Made that beat 25 minutes. And when he got back, he listened to it. He thought it was dope. We put it up on the, the big speakers, on the Osberger speakers. Mm-hmm. He got in the booth. He said my name on the track. And that mm. was. Was your head
1: exploding, bro, when he said your I name? Was, man, on the track?
0: I went to the bathroom and cried, man. You lie. I, okay. A,
1: a tear came down. <laughs> yo, a gangster right. tear came that. down.
0: It wasn't a sob. It wasn't a that. It was.
1: It was validation, bro. It was validation. It was it like, was, yo. It was truly.
0: I knew even looking back, you know, this is supposed to be the album that
1: he retired on. Yes, He's supposed to retirement record. Th- this is the Black album, his eighth album. And let me just let people know who's on this album, bro. Kanye's on it. He does Encore, Neptunes, Change Clothes, Timberland, Dirt Off His Shoulders, Rick Rubin, 99 Problems. I mean, this album just blazed, public service announcement. And you fall right in between in that sandwich, Yo, yeah.
0: so, 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 Young Guru calls me, after we get it done, you know, get the song done. Young Guru calls me and he said, well, my lawyer calls me first. Because I didn't have a lawyer before this, but I got one shortly after I finished the track. And he called me, he said, my lawyer called me and said, well, I got good news for you. I said, what's up? He said, you made it. Mm. <laughs> I said, It'll make work, work. He said, you made it. And I said, Oh, my God, are you serious? He said, yeah, you made it. You made the cut. And so then I called Young Guru shortly afterwards. And I said, man, I just got paperwork. He said, I made it. He said, yeah, you made it. You're track seven. Whoa. And he said, you are, your track is after Timberlands and before Eminem's.
1: And before Eminem. Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, and it was like, yo, you." and then you're, you know, Said so was the number of completion. It's the God number. And I was like, God, man, I'm just, I'm, I, all this is messing me up. And so then the album comes out. And during the time, you know, between I was playing beats for Jay, making the beat for him, him doing the song, the album coming out in November. That whole time, I'm talking to a rapper from the West Coast by the name of Merce. And after the album comes out in November for on November fourteenth or the twenty first, one of them, of two thousand three, Merce comes to Raleigh, and on um, during Thanksgiving, and we recorded Merce in night like one to three sixteen, in a yes. week, in a and, week, and and that's when it kind of it took off, like it took off off, like it <clears throat> took, because my first mainstream look was jay-z my second one was destiny's child but hold
1: I'm on before we even get to that i mean this is and i might get flagged for this but th- this is and i just I'm gotta let them i'm so sincere i love this record man. i, I chop you up put you inside the mattress like
0: drug money yeah. i told you niggas nine ten times stop fucking with
1: me i just gotta let them here at night nice. i
0: told you niggas now now stop fucking with me you niggas, nine on me. Stop
1: fucking with me. Don't flag me for this.
0: You niggas must got nine lives. Night wonder. Put that knife in you. Take a little bit of light from you. When I'm frightening you shall I continue? I put the gun to you. I let it sing you a song. I let
1: it hum to you. The I'll Other one sing along. Stop it. Now it's a duet and you wet. Are you sitting there like, yo, what the fuck yo, is going on, the, bro? Like,
0: he's in the, he's in the booth and he said it all the way through. One time, no second time. You lie. I'm telling you the truth. Like he does does the ad lib and he just, you know, some people like lay their ad lib but then like the beginning and then, okay, stop it. And then we'll go, no, no. He goes, you niggas goes, I got nine, nine, knife wonder. I put the knife in you. put a little bit of life on. like he just went right into it. And he says the whole first verse, and that's it.
1: Nine, are you okay. like, are you in the, uh, at the council? Like, can you say that line over? Are you giving?
0: Not, not a damn, not nothing. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's me, it's me and Young Guru. And we're sitting at the SSL board. Yeah. we're sitting there. And I'm just looking like, just wow. looking across in, the, in him in the booth. And then he does the first verse. He comes out, we turn it up. And I'm like, this is incredible. got to be fake. And so the next verse he did, I saw him write it. But when I mean I saw him write it, Mm -hmm. we're playing the beat over and over. He's standing against the wall and he's doing like this. Mm. Mm. He's writing it in his head. And then Mm. as soon as he gets it, as soon as he got it, so he goes and, and he went into the booth and, you know, Mm. I wish I was friend that George Bush the button. Like, mm. what you know. some of
1: his best verses are on that record, bro.
0: Oh man, like yeah, he I, I to,
1: put put sands on you, let Sammy tap dance on you, build the sands on yeah, you. What, yeah, what, what right,
0: is Jay all Z on that. right here, right now, bro? Yeah. I put your boy in the box like David Blaine, let <laughs> <laughs> like mm. the audience ain't a thing. Mm. Like that. <laughs> mm. he's, he's all me. over you. Y'all niggas is garbage. Y'all garages for bullets. Please don't let me park it in your upper level. Mm. That's
1: a lot. What was that boy on? That's a lot. Night, this is your first in the game, and Jay is killing your beat. Big you got to go home to
0: NC like, yo. Yo, and that's what's crazy. The thing about coming home to North Carolina was we, his little brother and me as a producer, mm-hmm. we were the backpack kids. We were mm. the underground mm. conscious whatever mm. that was mm-hmm. we were that mm-hmm. nobody expected me the backpack producer who make beats on computer to end up on a jc album i know that like I so know. coming back here and people reading the credits and they're like what like they're not even putting it together you know what i mean so That's kind of, that's still, even, I've told that story a million and a half times and it never gets old and it's still remarkable and, Crazy and almost dreamlike every time. It I
1: is, play. it is, bro. It is, it is. Have you, have you, um, maintained a relationship with Jay? Well, you have obviously, because we know. You see I got you plans are, from yeah, 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 yeah. And and you, you, professor, you, professor, right now at the Rock Nation School of Music yeah. and and Entertainment. So I want to jump into that later because I do okay. think it's crazy how you do a, is it a one eighty? Yeah, you do a 180 or, yeah, you go back to teaching at your old uh, university. Yeah, I think ooh, that is, right. that's exactly. dope. That's dope. I would love to do something like that, too. And I, I, I would- wonder how you are as a professor. Are you are you a hard professor? I just saw you post some stuff. T- test
0: time. Right, we, we was playing. No, nah, we was playing. Um, you know, I DJ online. So we always, you know, with the people that watch me online, I'd be playing samples from them and tell them. And I want them to tell me what song it was used for and the name of the artist and they be failing.
1: Even with the internet, bro, they be failing?
0: Yo, I'll I call a person out of the chat and I'll play. Oh, it's right there on the spot. No time. It's up. on the spot. They, gotta, they gotta okay, the got to take the sample they be like, okay they like, oh, Nas used that for blah, 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 and they be failing. But, but, and we have fun with it, but, you know, yeah, Jay-Z and, you know, we maintain a relationship like I said, Young Guru and I have been the closest of friends. I ended up producing with Destin Child, of course, and then I ended up producing for Memphis Bleak, two records on his album, 534. And just over the years, whether I did stuff for Duce Cognac or whether I have you know signed a uh, uh, um, 50-50 partnership with my, my uh, label, Jamla and Rock Nation, mm-hmm. for the right the marketing and distributing rights of Rhapsody, which is my artist, um, and now still now teaching at the Rock Nation school, I've maintained a 18 year relationship with Jay-Z off and on.
1: Was that conscious? Because a lot of guys, you know, we come in as artists and we meet the person, whether it's the promoter or producer, and it's just a business transaction. And then we're gone about our business. Was that conscious on your part? Um, I'm just, you know
0: me being, my mom being steeped in education and me being raised the way I was raised, I was taught not to burn any bridges. Like, <laughs> just don't burn a bridge. Like, mm-hmm. try your best not to burn a bridge. Mm-hmm. And and always leave an impression. Not to say any of us is perfect, because the truth be told, we're, 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 all of us is the, is the villain in somebody's story. You already and, know. And, 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 and that's fine, but for the most part, I've been taught to maintain a rapport and whatever. So mm-hmm. it's not like I see it's not like I have Jay-Z in my phone and we talk about that's, things. Yeah, yeah. But it is every time I see him. Every time I see him, now we talk about sports. Like mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the main thing we talk about is sports and, and basketball. Last conversation I had him was a long conversation about basketball. And and you know, that's just what we are, you know, but it's it's like the stuff I was doing for Ducey the last time I saw him before the before last time, he, he was like, Man, I love what you're doing for you know Duce. And probably the next time I see him, he say, Man, I love what you're doing at the Rock Nation School. Mm-hmm. I just think he, you know, he's the type of person that he sees all, he knows exactly what you're doing. And you just do your work, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and he and I, I don't try to crowd his space. When I'm he's around, I try my best to get to him and say hello, at least. For sure. But if, if not, you know, I just take the opportunities he gives me and, and keep I keep moving. That's I
1: how did Cedric end up on the track?
0: Man, Cedric was in the studio. He was in the studio, and when Jay-Z says stuff, he says stuff so nonchalant, right? Like it's not a big deal. So we're in the studio, and he said, yeah, I'm going to get Cedric entertained to talk on the track. And I'm like, you, who? He's like, what What'd you say? Well, how does that even At- make sense? What is Ced doing there? He's just... Sid's a fan. Sid's always been a Jay-Z fan. And so he's in New York and, you know, I said, where's Sid the He was like, he down the hall. What? So I go down the hall and Sid's in there. I'm like, yo, this is too much. So then Said comes in the room and when Said comes in the room, in the A room, before he, before Said starts to talk on the track, Jay says, hey, Let's play what we have so far. So we, he does the first verse and threat. I haven't heard anything else on the record. So he plays in this order. What more can I say? December 4th, encore, change clothes, Lucifer and allure. And I'm thinking, I ain't gonna make it. Oh, shoot. I said, I'm not, I'm not gonna, because when, when he played, What more can I say? You know, it starts off with the gladiator quote. Are you not entertained? And it's yeah. so loud. You you know Osberg is yeah. it's so big and loud. And, and I'm like, I ain't gonna make it. Mm. I'm not gonna make this album. Like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, no. So I, ain't know. Gonna, I'm looking, I know I'm looking, I'm looking my room. It was nice knowing y'all, cause y'all ain't gonna never see me again, cause I ain't gonna make it. And so, after every song went off, Cedric and Cedric Entertainment was like, you can't quit, dog. You can't leave, dog. You can't leave, cause it's supposed to be a retirement album. Yeah. You can't leave, dog. You can't quit, dog. Come on, dog. That ain't the way, dog. So, after we were done playing records, then Cedric got in the booth and said a whole bunch of threats,
1: just mm. random
0: threats. And we chopped them up and we put them all across the song. So, who,
1: who, who, who? Let me just clarify you had given Jay the CD. Was the threat beat, the threat beat was on there? And then we just, no, no, no. Jay Z gave me the R. Kelly sample. I made the beat where he was gone for 30 Whoa, minutes. Oh, so he had your beat tape and CD and was like, mm, but he saw the potential and then came back. Wow. That part. That part. That part. Wow. A lot of dudes would have froze on the spot, bro. Froze, bro for a lot of dudes there was the saying um uh something preparation and opportunity chance Chance favors the well prepared i live by that yeah whoa whoa and 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 trust me that song if you don't know it it is one of the joints on there that jay is hurting them lyrically bro it's hurting them
0: it's it's funny i was supposed to be the underground kid and the backpack kid and Threat is the most violent song on that album.
1: Do you play these songs for your students?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. You, know, okay. I, you know, I'll talk about it. You know, I'll talk about it. We'll have a conversation about it. You know, some students I stand in front of, they don't know, they just think I'm Professor Douthat. Yeah. Until somebody, some student, I go around and talk to all of my students one-on-one, tell them where they're from and, you know, why they're in my class, whatever. So I always get to one student, I just can't believe I'm in here, man. Y'all know who this is, y'all know who this is. And then mm. he'll break it and everybody's like, he's a professor. And they were like, no, like, and they'll do the thing of Googling and, and they'll be like looking at me they'll Google and they'll look at the Google and look at me and look at the Google and like, Oh hey, yeah, oh uh, yeah. Where are we, where are we really right now? So, and they'll ask me to play some music um, that I've done. Some songs they've heard, some songs they haven't, but yeah.
1: You're mm-hmm. humble with it, bro. You're humble with it. And that's a good thing. Do you ever have artists such as myself like join in via Zoom or, you know, shit like that?
0: Yeah. I um for my at Duke University, I teach a hip hop production course in the fall semester. So we talk about beats all day. And I had this semester, and, and in that hip hop production course, there's two objectives. Well, three. I teach you how to make beats the ins and outs of making beats. Your final assignment is I assign you an album that's chalked heavy with samples and you have to tell me about that album and the samples on it. Mm -hmm. And I assign the album to you. Um, But the third thing is we study six producers and the six producers we study is Dre, Preen, Pete, Q-Tip, Dilla and Larissa. And during the Q-tip lecture on Zoom, because we're one week on and one week off. On Zoom, Q-tip came to the Zoom and they lost it. They lost it. And he came in, he came in, in and out, like they had no idea. He came in, like, I was texting him while I was talking to him. And he came in like an hour, hour into the class, the class two hours, two and a half hours long. So he came in in like an hour. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give y'all a warm welcome to Mr. Kamal Fareed, aka. They're like, who's that? <laughs> and they and they and he pops up on the screen. And they're like, whoa, like they're tripping. What? So um, Q Tip came one year to Zoom. Pete Rock came another year to Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, sometimes I if I ever get a chance, I pull people in Zoom or I call them on. I've. I've been in the middle of the class and I call Buster Rhymes on the phone. Then they can hear Buster talking and it, mm.
1: they get a kick out of him. And They're like, man, this is crazy. Mm.
0: You know what I mean? I, want, I wanted
1: to save the teaching part because it's part of your natural evolution, but we're here now, so I might as well just ask. It. So you started teaching in uh, at, at your old alma mater. What what made you want to do that? What What, you know? I was going around,
0: as you know, you went to Virginia State, a lot of people Mm -hmm. that you, some of your classmates, um, people you went to school with, alumni that during that time, ended up becoming teachers. Mm -hmm. Same thing with me, ended up becoming teachers, graduated from North Carolina Central, graduated Mm -hmm. here, graduated from the University of North Carolina. So they would ask me to come by their class. After I did the Jay Z record and the Destiny Shot records, they would ask me, some of my teacher friends would come and ask me to come talk to their students, and I would Mm -hmm. do so. So the chancellor at North Carolina Central found it caught wind to it that I was doing that, and that's what it was. So Mm -hmm. I started started teaching in the fall of 2006. Mm -hmm. But the crazy thing about teaching was it gave me something I never had before. I didn't have I didn't have medical and dental insurance mm. or 401k, none mm. of that. When I will start teaching at Central, I had it. I'm teaching. Right? And, <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a something else hip hop doesn't have, unless you work it as an executive, a salary year round. Mm. And so I'm like, check, oh, check, okay. check. <laughs> I'm like, mm. oh, okay. So mm-hmm. I can make beats and do that, but I can mm-hmm. work. and. And I was like, man, this is this is something this is something different for me, right? Mm-hmm. And that was 15 years ago. So, still in North Carolina Central, been at Duke for 11 years. Uh, became a Harvard fellow in 2012. Taught at Harvard three times. Taught at University of Penn, which is another Ivy League, for a semester. Taught at UVA for a week. And now I'm at the Rock Nation School. But I'm at three schools this semester at one time. I'm here at Duke. I'm at North Carolina Central. And I'm at Rock Nation School. So Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, I'm teaching.
1: Where's the Rock Nation School?
0: Long Island University, Brooklyn, New York. And
1: you travel up or you Zoom in?
0: Every Sunday. (laughs) I'm on a plane every Sunday. I get up Monday, teach my three courses. I'm
1: back home Monday night. Life is good, though, man. That's dope. That's yeah. dope because, yeah, you are getting all those benefits. And for you to do what you're doing is just a natural progression. You're just putting somebody on. You know what I'm saying? We right. know we know hip-hop, and you are definitely a historian. So for you, yeah, shit, it's easy. That's light work for you. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's rewarding. And it's rewarding, but what it's very necessary because I always say there's no, you can't turn on BET, you can't turn on VH1, you can't turn on MTV and be like, six o'clock every day, I'm going to get some sort of musical education, you know? Yo, Knife, have you ever seen um, uh, on Netflix uh, the documentary on hip hop? It's called- Yeah, Hip Hop Hop Evolution, yeah. I'm in the barbershop watching it and I'm no, looking around and the kids are just on their phone, looking up everyone. So I'm like, damn, this is education. Uh, yeah, it's,
0: it's an incredible, my class is watching it this week. They're watching on season two um, right now. And the most compelling episode to me was the, the one that speaks to me most, of course, is the episode about the Roosevelt Room, about them digging in the Roosevelt Room in New York City, mm-hmm. the different producers going by. That segment and going into the coming of Nas is probably the most compelling part of it to me, because that's me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but it the the whole series is incredible. Like, I, if you if you knew anything, didn't know anything about hip hop, that would be a great thing to watch.
1: Yeah, somebody. If you don't know hip hop, like you said, that is the, that's it. the it's that's, that's it. It, it's it. It's it. So it. nice, boom, you the man threat. Beyonce was there. You get a call later on now from Jay. Hey, guess what? B wants to hear some more records?
0: Yep, B wants to hear some music. Can you send the CD to this address? And I did it. Next thing you know, I got a couple of phone calls from the A&R, got a couple of phone calls from that company. And next thing you know, I'm in Los Angeles in the studio with Destiny's Child. And- crap. That was the that was the spring of 2004. I'm there. I meet a writer out there. Um, I meet him at the airport. He's talking to me, we're in the car. And he said, man, what have you worked on? And I told him, he said, oh, okay. I said, what you worked on, man?
2: Mm-hmm. He was like,
0: man. He said, yeah, I just wrote a song. He said, I just wrote a song for this girl in Atlanta, man. The joint called Goodies. This new girl named Sierra. She you're gonna hear about her soon. I was like, okay. She wasn't out yet. Mm. And so we're we go in the mall. Me and this writer, we go in the mall, and we're in Foot Locker. And then Usher, yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes on the comes on the speaker in Foot Locker. He said, Yeah, I wrote that. Oh hell no. (laughs) So who is this guy? Who who is this guy, man? And that person, (laughs) that person was um good friend of mine still to this day uh sean garrett the mm. pen mm. and um you know we go into the studio with destiny's child and we knocked out three records uh stop stop uh, how are you in the what do you mean you're in the car with the guy what do you mean i'm in the car with him because we i met the writer at the airport so he
1: was already on the project
0: yeah they 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 paired me okay, with him. They got like, we're, you. Gonna, we're gonna pair you we're gonna pair you with okay. a guy named sean garrett and, and pair me with him and And, um, you know, Mm. that was it. And so we ended up going to the studio. Uh, We first got there, Michelle was there, then Kelly Mm. came, then B came. And she was like, you know, we want to sound like, we want our music to sound like the group, The Emotions, the old 70s group, Mm. right? Cause I was asking, what do you want from me? I I ain't finna make you no bills, 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 or Survivor, that's not my lane, I don't do that. And, And they were like, Beyonce said, "I we got you here to do what you do. You you make soul. So with the samples and all that, that's what I want. And so that's what I did. And so we did, Is She the Reason, Girl, and Game Over. I did three records yes, off that album. Yes, you did. And Girl ends up being the third single, which if they which don't know- my, Which is my
1: first single. That's my first single. Ever. Yes, Ever. that's the, right. That's, and for those who don't know, I'm ready for you, bro. <laughs> Not only, it's a video to the it's damn a video. record. It's a video. It's a video to the record. It's, are we kidding? Are we kidding here? My wife loves this record. I'm like, yeah, I'm introduced, I'm, I'm interviewing Ninth Wonder. Oh, you know this record right here? She's like, wait a minute. Hold on, let me get to the list. <laughs>
2: But taking
1: Ninth, is your head falling off When they're in the studio singing that, bro? <laughs>
0: yo, it's, yo. Sean wrote it so Sean wrote it so fast Sean said the word Instead of girl, he said love first He like, that ain't it Mm. I said, well, he was like, girl. And that was, that was it. I was tripping. And then mm. Beyonce's dad came in and heard it. Mr. Matthew Nose came in and was like, oh, that's a smash hit right there, man. I said, he looked at me and said, you did that? I said, yes, mm. sir, I said, This well, wild.
1: Your life is, your head gotta be busted, bro. Boom, man, I
0: was gone. But if you know what? It's one thing when you're raised in the game, you're raised in the industry, you expect it to happen. Mm-hmm. I never expected for any of this to happen. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the difference between me and a lot of cats because I wasn't raised in New York. I wasn't raised in a industry environment. I wasn't I was raised to go to school, go to mm-hmm. college, and get a job. But that's what I, we we, we, we were raised to do that. Yeah, we all were. Mm-hmm. And for all of this to happen to me, to a, for, for a kid to look at me, like I look at Pete Rock is, mm-hmm. I never would have thought that would happen for me. Mm-hmm. And and I and I don't take it for granted. So when I tell these stories, they're true to life, me saying like, you know, this is a
1: trip. Like it is. this is a trip. It is it's still a trip. It yeah. is, it is. I, that's why I kind of wanted to do this podcast. like. I would, I just don't know what these producers, you producers go through. Like, bro, I just did this beat for the biggest artist in the world. I'm walking out the studio. Nobody even knows I did this record. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm at the grocery store or I'm in the traffic and my song is playing and nobody even knows. Does that drive me crazy or did it? No, you know
0: born and raised in North Carolina, like it doesn't drive me crazy if I walk into a place and nobody recognizes me. I think that's, I was, I just came to, I had lunch before I came to do this, right? Mm-hmm. To eat and um at a lunch appointment as a matter of fact. And three people while I was eating walked by and it recognized me, mm-hmm. three people. Mm-hmm. And Before, you know, for a long time, that didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like that didn't Mm. happen or whatever. And that's fine, I don't really care. Mm. But you know, some people will say to me, I'm sorry, am I supposed to know who you are? And I'm like, no, Mm. I don't care, you know what I mean? Mm. But I get why they say that, because we we have been around so many people that come in a room, that's in this business, that come in a room and they want people to know who they are when they step in the room. Me, I go still I still will get my hair cut in the same place. I shop in the same grocery stores like you know what I mean? But when I do it kind of freaks people out if they do see me cuz they are like "Yo, is this
2: like one in Walmart bro?
0: Like what you doing in here?" "Welcome I'm to like, my world, bro." <laughs> <laughs> "I eat too, bro. I got a shop." Yeah, "I got a shop." I'll be like, "Yo, they be like, "What you doing in Walmart, cuz?" I'll be I, like, "I I, I, hey. I, I, I right. I don't, it's not like y'all think it is. I don't have a runner for me right, right, shop for me. Right, right. I have right. to shop for myself. I still shop for myself. But they like, well, like, you just all in Walmart and produce chilling. And I'm like, yeah. Like, and, yo, and, and it's often in the Fathom sometimes.
1: Yo, ninth, imagine me, right? 92, 93, I got my dreads. I need to just go to the damn supermarket. And people are like, yo. Couldn't go to no supermarket. I mean, I still went, but what you doing here? And the big one I used to get is, you live around here? I used to be like, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause they're right. gonna ask, where do you live? And blah blah. And then I used to have people follow me from the grocery store. I'm now I'm just driving around aimlessly 20 minutes, got the milk in the back. I just lived down the block, but now I'm on the highway trying to just. So yeah, I definitely appreciate my own. now it's different. Out of 10 people, I'll get recognized one, you know, out of the 10. So I love that kind of just privacy. privacy. So I I get what you're saying. If you're not that kind of guy that you live in the limelight or crave it, that, you know, you can be... You know anonymous and still drive around do your shit you know that's kind of what I like love doing but yeah. the destiny's child album I, I need people to understand like this album again this is the album with I like them boys the boys and and this is a huge album for them you know what I'm yeah. saying They're, this yeah. is a huge album and again you find yourself in the middle of another big ass project you know and at oh, this cool. time you're still with little brothers no
0: yeah I still am and, and you know, it's just, every album I've been, a majority of the album I've been a part of has been landmark. Like, supposed to be Jay-Z's retirement record. Destiny's Child's last album. Last album. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's Pulitzer Prize album. Anderson Pax album that changed his career with Malibu. Malibu, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's those type of re- erica Badu's quote Money. unquote essentially yeah comeback single mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like i'm I'm a part of these landmark type moments in in music you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and you know it's just it's i'm just riding away man you know what i mean i'm 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 i'm, I'm you know when i did the for Mary j Blige, to break breakthrough which was mm-hmm. a huge album for one r and b album of the year so i'm i'm a part of these big projects man yeah. and i'm like
1: what the hell? I'm You're not you do three records. You do Girl, It's the Reason and Game Over. Are they all in the same session or days after? They're all in
0: the same session.
1: And Homeboy writes all three of them?
0: Homeboy writes all three of them. Oh, shoot. No, we getting it, man. Because he, he wrote, he wrote, he wrote, he wrote my three Destiny Child songs and he also wrote my Mary J. Blige record. Whoa. Yeah, we getting it. We get into that because huh?
1: because um at this time you've worked with you've worked with you're in there you work with Consequence Master Ace De La Soul uh which is a 2004 collab with uh, Spike Lee's on you worked with them you worked with Consequence you worked with Jean Grey and then so boom now you have the Chitlin Circuit you guys are doing a a mixtape uh, right
0: which is crazy
1: it. in itself w- w- where would that name come from
0: the Chitlin Circuit came from you know the historical tri- Chitlin Circuit of artists who went through the south that wasn't on the mainstream tours right okay and so that's where it kind of was a play on words same thing when we did you know dj dramas uh gangster grill separate but equal like we were in the south but was we was equal to everybody in the south but separate because we had a different sound that's what we call us that's why it was called separate but equal and um you know that's that's where that came from but you know at the same time i'm That's when I forged my relationship with Duck Down, right? That's when Mm -hmm. I started, me and Buckshot did chemistry together, the album, the whole album, and you know. You just met him randomly? No, I, I, when I was going back to 2002, when I was asleep, I was in the, I was staying in an apartment with like six dudes, in two bedrooms, in bed, and everything. Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle of recording the Little Brother, the first Little Brother album, and I got a call well, after we gave, after Quiz Love said what he said mm-hmm. on OK Player, mm-hmm. I got a call. Well, this when people call the house. They don't call the cell phones, they call the house. And they call, we got a call to the apartment <clears throat> and the, my homie was like, hey, yo, P, somebody on the phone asking for Ninth Wonder. I said, okay, right, that's weird. If people don't call the house, ask for that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get on the phone and I said, what's up, man? He said, hey, this night? I said, yeah. Hey, what's up, man? I, You know, I got your number from, I got your number Quest Love, man. I was just in Germany and I heard your music and I came back to the States and heard your music some more and I reached out to Quest and got your phone number, man. I just wanted to call and tell you, man, you keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, hey, yo, who is this, man? I don't know who this is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my bad, man. This is Mr. Walt from the Beat Minds what <laughs> what you, what mm-hmm. so you know those calls started to come in mr walt then evil d called mm-hmm. then drew Ha called and then drew Ha gave me a song that buckshot did with aaliyah back in the day and i remixed it called night riders remix and from that mm-hmm. drew was like man we're just gonna send them boys down to north carolina and see what y'all can do and so he sent them down here and that's when I, at first met with, you know, first got a chance to really talk to Buckshot. And I asked him on the spot, can we do a whole album? He was like, yeah. And we did chemistry, me and Buck.
1: Let me take it back to 2005. Cause I, I don't want, I just want to keep it moving. You, 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 you link with Mary on the Breakthrough mm-hmm. album and you do um, um, MJB. No, you do Good, Good Woman Down. Good Woman Down. How, so mm-hmm. how does this come about? It's- Jay Z again,
0: wow. Jay Z. Um, yeah, man. Hey, look, man. Let me tell you, Jay Z is the family tree dog. He's we right. call him top. Of, we call him right. top of the food chain. Right. He um. He was on tour of R Kelly at the time. Mm-hmm. It's the best of both worlds tour. R Kelly gets kicked off the tour because of all those things start to come up. Right. Mm-mm. For whatever reason, he got kicked off the tour. I don't know why he got kicked off. He got kicked off the tour. Mary J got added to the tour. Mm -hmm. He asked, um, Mary J asked him about, you know, production, who should she work with on a new album? And he said, me. Next thing you know. You getting a call. I'm getting a call. Whoa. So so tell me,
1: walk me through it, bro. You go, you meet Mary, you send her beats?
0: Yeah, I I send Mary beats. That's when it was I met sent Mary Beats, and they was like, Look, can you get out here? And at the time that I couldn't, um, because I had started teaching already. And okay. they was like, You got any writers in mind? I said, Yeah, Sean Garrett. Like, For sure. <laughs> and so they called Sean Garrett and he wrote Good Woman down, and that was it. You're doing so, big things by this time, bro. You're yeah, out I'm of, out, I'm, yeah, I'm out of here. Is it is this
1: why you kind of leave the group as well?
0: Nah. It, it wasn't the necessary that I left the group and that, and that, that's the, has to been the biggest
1: misconception. Misconception.
0: Yeah. And I, and i be honest, I don't go in to talk about exactly what happened because mm-hmm. this, I've, I've always been like this. I've been raised like this, man. Family business is family business. Mm-hmm. I don't get into the whole thing of who did what this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. You can do that all day long. Mm-hmm. But Myself and Fontaine Pooh, we parted ways and that's that, and I leave it at that. I got you. Is there a story there? Of course Of course,
1: of course, of course. Dude, am I the
0: type of per? I'm just not a drama dude, man. I just you ain't and never me both. You and yeah, me I both. Yeah, I ain't never been. So it's yeah. like, you know, I'd rather keep it moving and, you know, of course we can talk about it or whatever, but nope. we almost uh, for. No, I'm not talking about now. Yeah, I've got you. Know, you. I'm, I'm just saying, us behind closed doors, we always talk about it, but as far as me being bitter about it and all that, man. Man, I'm. Mm. Yo, listen. I'm almost fifty, dog. I swear,
1: I ain't got time. You already know. <laughs> you, mean you already so. know. But that's why I'm mad with it. i One of my business. Do... One of my business partners. He has some drama recently, and he tells me, he goes, "Dre, I'm too grown and paid to be messing with that." So that's yeah, my new line. I'm too right, grown and know. paid for that shit. <laughs> you know, um, you know, much respect
0: and success to both of them because mm-hmm. you know, Fonte went on to. You know, at the time he was doing it, but he still, you know, it really flourished over time. And he, you know, with foreign exchange, um the soul, so so collab collective that he has. Oh, he's the lead singer of it. And the producers, Nicolay, has always been incredibly dope. Uh Zoe, who plays Horn, I mean, who plays um, I mean Keys, I'm sorry. Um, um, Um Sophie Black, who sings in the group um Carmen Rogers who sings like it. has been it's been so many people that's collaborative, been a collaborator ever with that. But Fonte has always been the head of that. And this shows how much of a producer he is, how much of a mastermind he is of music. Mm-hmm. So he's doing well with that.
1: Because you've continued to you've continued to work with him. You've you've done other songs and I did, yeah, on, I did. He, we yeah. end
0: up you know reconnecting afterwards and do you know doing music after that. Yeah. Who yeah. got into management so poo manages loot who is uh, uh artist on dreamville right okay. okay and you know got into management pools a big sports guys so he had a sports podcast for a while so i mean it, it all in our own right we're well, we still living how we want to live and we still do music and that's it we're raising mm-hmm. babies mm-hmm. that's it
1: before we go i wanted to jump into one of them you worked with one of my favorite rappers you worked with sean price as well and um I believe it was um on Monkey Bars, his yeah, debut Heartburn. album. Yeah. So I-, I got a lot to go over with you, bro, but I just wanted to get that out because you you how was it working with Sean?
0: Man, Sean, man, you know, conventional wisdom and people wouldn't think that me and Sean would be that close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like. It, you know, it seems like sometimes cats like like Sean Price, David Banner, like I'm the, I'd be like, come on, man, don't do that. I'm that guy. I'm like, come
1: mm. on. Man. Like, come on man. Mm. I'm on, if I'm gonna knock this nigga out. No, don't.
0: don't.
1: I'm come I'm you. Down. I'm you. I've been on tour with Sean back in the day. Yo, Sean, don't do that, bro. Come on, Let's come just on, get man. out of here. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Come on, okay. Come on, man. I put hands and feet on that nigga. No, don't. Put yeah. That <laughs> right, right, right. Come on. But even still though, Sean Price man was a remarkable
1: human being of a and a person. crazy lyricist. Yeah, and he was a good guy. Yeah, he was a good like he was a good. If he was with you, he yeah, he was with you. you. If yeah. he's against
0: you, he's against. Forget you you. about it. Yeah, There's no excuse. Yeah, you already he, know he's amazing man and it hurt me like you know we've had a lot of deaths in hip-hop yeah that one hurt yeah that hurt that yeah that really hurt because you never thought anybody that i know of all the things he's gone through and been through in his life to pass away in his sleep was like it was almost like cheating him yeah yeah and and he loved his he, he, wonderful father, man. He loved Bernadette. Mm-hmm. And he the way he changed and transformed his career mm-hmm. and becoming this underground king was right. amazing. Right. 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 Way before, way before Griselda, or mm-hmm. way before or uh, any of that, it was Sean Price. Yeah. Like in. And, and, and I miss him like crazy, man. I can still hear him. Mm. And he's just he was just amazing lyricist and everybody respected him from Jay-Z to everybody. You already know. And you he already know. He wanted money, he wanted to get money. And I, and I remember us having a conversation before he passed away, like months and months before, he was talking about how he wanted to move to North Carolina. He's like, mm. man, I'm getting away from New York. It's stressful night. I'm gonna come down here. I'll be with y'all niggas all the time. What's up? You think you handle that? But I'm like you know, and I was like, "Yeah, man, come on, move down." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel anybody just move down. Mm-hmm. And so he he was making a transformation in his life, and he left us too soon. And that hurt.
1: yeah, yeah, for and- sure. Because you worked with him twice too. You worked with um um again in 2007, I believe, on Jesus Christ. Superstar, right? Jesus Christ superstar. Uh, And uh, Mike Tyson, too. And you worked on Mike Tyson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dope dude, man. I miss him a lot, too. And that's obviously through your duck down connection that formed that relationship. So let me just jump. So then, 2007 ish or whatever, you got your label going on, you got a lot going on. And then Drake comes into your life, right? (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? This guy gets Drake into his life, bro. How is this (laughs)
0: happening? Because Drake was on, you know, Drake played on a show called Degrassi. Okay. And, um, my manager at the time approached me and said, yo, you you watch Degrassi? I'm like, nah, what's that? <laughs> he was like, man, it's a show, you know, like a little teenage show. Mm. He says, a dude on there named Drake. Mm. They wants to do a song with you. No way. And I was like, which one is Drake? And he was like, he, he, on the show, he's called Wheelchair Jimmy. You're right. So, so I went to look at the show, and I'm looking at this kid, and I'm like... He can't rap. He's a rapper? <laughs> right, exactly right. <laughs> yeah, He can't rap. <laughs> he's a rapper? This is crazy. So I ended up meeting Drake at an LRG photo shoot and uh, in New York mm. and, um, in 2008. Mm. Late 2007 is when I met him. And... I remember, you know, we talked for a little bit and I met him and he was like, yo, I'm going to do some music with you, man.
1: And we ended up doing Think Good Thoughts. And so... Which is off his second mixtape comeback season. And comeback I think, I, and I've seen video. I mean, you standing there, you looking young, you ain't aged a bit, but Drake looking super young and he's talking to you, you talking to him. I'm like, yo, it's,
0: yo, it's, it's nice amazing. That dude. He, he, Drake is one of the there's about six rappers that I was able to see the beginnings of that we know and love now. Drake is one of them, Mac Miller was another, mm. Big Sean was another, Big Crit was another, Meek Mill was another,
1: Nipsey Hussle was another, and Ken you Which you've worked with both of the latter two. What 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 Drake record did you hear when your manager introduced? Because it's early. So what what record I didn't hear did any
0: Drake hear? record. No, I didn't hear it. Yeah, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear any record. It was the fact that you know my manager was like, "You can say he can rap. he say he got some money. You know what's up. Let's see what he can do with it." Wow. Okay. And so when I when he sent it back, I was like, "This, this can't be the same dude I was looking at on TV." So, but yeah, I by this time, by the time we get to 2010 and 2011, I'm entering in the space of well, when I first met Nipsey Hussle, the one of the first things he called he said to me was a word that messed me up. He called me OG, and I was like, "I ain't ready to be OG." Yet. <laughs> like, you have now gained OG status, right? And I'm like, he called me OG, and I'm like, "What?" So mm. I became that in that space, and and you know to watch a, you know. To watch a quote-unquote, here we are, Mac Miller start off, Nipsey start off, Meek Mill who who sold me his mixtape outside of a seafood store in Philly Mm. uh, for $10. I paid $20 for it. Kendrick Lamar start off, not start off, but met him in the like, right before section 80, when he was trying to make a climb. Him and his met them all at the same time. I was just lucky to see those cats start off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for them to look at me as a like, quote unquote, the elder statesman, so to speak, mm-hmm. it's is, is kind of even crazy to say that out loud, but, you know, I've been blessed to see that. And they, you know, we lost Mac, we lost Nipsey. But for Crit, Mick Mill, Kendrick Lamar, Drake, Big Sean, to see all of those dudes still doing their thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And for those who don't know, you were gonna work with Drake again. And for those, if, if you don't know, take your time, go listen to the joint. It's called Think Good Thoughts and it's on his mixtape. It's on the second mixtape. What is it, comeback season? Yep. Yeah. So go check that out. And then you're supposed to work with him again, but due to politics, you don't really link with him. So I want to jump into you. Then out of nowhere, Chris Brown starts rhyming on your beats. Yeah, I'm like, what yes. is this? What is this? 2011?
0: Chris <laughs> I mean, Brown showed Don't even making this sense, dog. This don't make no sense. They yeah, did uh, 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 a detention. I forgot the name of the mixtape, but. He's rhyming on my beats and he's right. like, hey, yeah. send me this. And he texting back and forth. Nice. I need a beat. And I'm like, what? Like crazy. Yeah, no, nah, it's crazy. Like he crazy. rhyming on the two of them. And yes, he,
1: real and real hip-hop three and four. And I'm like, and they called it real hip hop. Right, right.
0: Right. Right. So, right. You, know, so you sent them the tracks.
1: Right. You weren't there with him? You just flew nah, them.
0: No, I sent to it to him. him was, okay. I don't know how I got his phone number. Somebody reached out to me and said, man, Chris Brown wants to talk to you. I'm like, he wanna do what? And so we got on the phone and we texted back and forth, and I sent him some beats, and he put them on his mixtape, man. I'm like, yo, this don't make no sense, bro. Crazy. Like, but you know, it just showed me, it showed me who was paying, who was paying attention to my legacy That's that I dope. Never thought it would be. That's yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And then 2013 rolls around. Nipsey hustled the infamous $100 mixtape that he's selling, Crenshaw. You shop. turn up on that, you turn up on that, right? Yeah, this face crazy. the world. Face the, the world. world. Mm. How are you linking with Nipsey?
0: I met Nipsey at a, uh, a producer conference called One Stop Shop Producer Conference. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Shop Money XL, used to put it on. And uh, I met Nipsey there. We had stayed in touch. And he said, knife we got to work together, man. Knife got to work together. And I originally made that beat for Immortal Technique when he didn't take it and so i played it for nip and Nip was like yeah that's crazy and so we ended up doing face the world once again a landmark project Crenshaw.
1: it's the, it's isn't it Quote the single off of his mixtape it's, it's it's i don't know i
0: don't i don't know a lot of people talk about that record though. a lot of people yeah. talk about face the world he did face the world like that right
1: I mean, um, whoa yeah. whoa what'd you learn from from just talking to nip what kind of dude was he
0: very humble mm. and very a person that wanted to make a change. Mm. Gang member, let's not get mm. this confused, mm. but his idea of gang, I think over time was changing. He talks. He talked about when he when his parents um, took him home to Eritrea, right? And um, how he came back and that changed him. Mm. I kind of think about that as when, you know, well Malcolm before Malcolm left, Malcolm X left, he was black man, this black man that. But when he went to Mecca and came back, it was, it was changed. Mm, mm, and I mm-hmm. think with Nip, it changed him in a way where he said, man, I gotta do more. I gotta do. Yeah, I can take the platform I've created for myself, being a rapper, being like high level, whatever in this game. Mm. I need to use that for good. You know what I mean? But I I I need to stay in my own neighborhood to do it. And Nip was on that. He just moved with a, a certain type of honor mm. and respect and, and something that a lot of people don't have anymore, especially us amongst, amongst men. And that's where, that word is called code. Mm. He moved with a certain code. And that's probably the biggest thing I loved about Nipsey Hussle because he always operated with code. And no matter who you were, if I'm in the room with him like I have been before, and he made sure everybody in the room, whether they knew who I was or not, will respect me because I'm the OG. He, you know, and would check anybody that would disrespect me. Nothing never happened. Yeah. But you can just tell he commanded the room that way. Yo, knife is here, know how to act, nigga. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just, yeah. He just had that kind of feeling about him and everywhere we went. If he saw me, it was never a situation. If I, if I didn't see him he saw me first, mm-hmm. he'd make his way to me and say, what's up? Oh, gee, what's up, man? You mean anything, blah, blah. It's just, his level of humility, where he was,
1: mm-hmm. was, was amazing.
0: And that hurt, Nip hurt too.
1: Yeah, that was one of the ones, along with Sean Price for me. I never met Nip, but I know if I would've met him, when I would've met him, we would've come along. Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to jump forward now. I want to get into Kendrick, but I, I'd be crazy to jump over Anderson Pack 2016 because if you don't know who Anderson Pack is, you must be living under a rock. This dude is dope. Right. Okay. So you link with Anderson Pack 2016 Malibu. You do a song called The Seasons Carry Me lead single. And it's featuring uh uh Is It With Rhapsody on it?
0: Rhapsody is the other joint without <laughs> you without you. Without you. Without you. Without you.
1: Without mm-hmm. you, how do you link with Anderson Pack? And you and, don't know Anderson is doing big things right now with my brother, my brother from another mother, singer dude. Um, you know they got the group. Oh, Bruno, Bruno. There were he's been. So how would you link with Anderson?
0: Anderson, um, I link with him because he first was on Compton, and he did Animals on Compton, and I'm like, this joint is crazy. And DJ Premier did mm-hmm. Animals. I'm mm-hmm. like. This joint is crazy. And so he was on tour with Earl Sweatshirt and they came through Raleigh and we went through the show. And I talked to Anderson after the show. He's like, man, what y'all about to do? And somebody go to the studio. He's said, like, right, hey, man, let's go. So we went to the studio
1: and we recorded like five songs that night. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Crazy. And, and, and these songs become, and this is his second album, bro. Like, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's still bubbling at this kind yeah. of, yeah, because his sound, it's not R&B. I mean, he's a musician, musician, you know, yeah. musicians. So he found a good pocket. He was he found, very good yeah, pocket. he found a good pocket and I'm glad he wasn't overlooked because that kind of musicianship and great talent can often just go, Ooh, he's not right. in no, yeah, he's right. not in no suit. He's not dancing. He's not doing nothing. He's just playing the shit out of whatever instrument, the drum at the time, maybe, or doing some other shit and singing his face off. Right. So Talent gets overlooked in this industry a lot of times, so I'm glad that he was able to level up, you know? Right. But let me jump into, and this is, I'm, I'm wrapping it up with Kendrick. You link up, and then I got to talk about Smith & Wesson, The All, because you did one of the craziest, and then we linked, and we saw you in NC, and you were like, yo, we got to do this album, which we still got to do. But Kendrick Lamar, 2017, you do this song with him, Duckworth. How'd you link up with Kendrick?
0: I met Kendrick for the first time in 2010. Okay. And we have maintained a relationship over time. Mm. And Kendrick has always been a person, if he's gonna work with you, he's gonna work with you, but he's gonna work with you in his time. Okay. Seven, six years later, he reaches out. Where We're in the studio. And it's funny, that day was crazy because I was in LA and we were at Snoop's compound at 12 dre's studio at six and kendrick's mm. studio at 10 and i'm i'm like i must have an la pass to be able to go from snoop studio to dre's to kendrick's wow and your favorite bro you listen man it's crazy you, you, you are favorite yo all the time <laughs> I'm all the time all the time and so i'm in the i'm in the um Studio with Kendrick and he and I played them twenty five beats. He's like give me all those, all right. Mm-hmm. So I gave him, <laughs> so I gave all the beats I played. <laughs> give me all those. Oh <laughs> give shit. me all them. Like, give hat, let me head over. So that's two thousand. That's no, two thousand fifteen when I did that. In the middle of two thousand sixteen, he sends me a video where he's taking the phone and recording an MP three playing on his computer, so the quality will be bad. Mm-hmm. And he's playing me a song, the middle of Duckworth, where the beat switches. And I'm like, so I hit him back, what the hell? Mm. He, just, he just puts LOL mm. and he vanishes. He, does, he get vanishes for another three months. <laughs> I'm like, man, what's that? Man, what's that? He ain't telling me. So they finally reach out to me in the, in the top of 2017. It's like, we need samples for two beats. Then they called it back, say we need samples for three beats, and I'm thinking, but I got two, three songs now. I'm like, nah, it's the same song, but it switches three times. Yes, I'm like what, like mm. so, you know, the story in itself was crazy.
1: I know um, the song, um, Duckworth. For those who don't know, that's that's um, Kendrick's um uh, last name. Real last name. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy, right? People don't mm-hmm. even know that. And the song is actually about how his pops meets Top Dog of his label and how apparently Top Dog could have almost killed his pops. Killed his pops. Exactly. Yeah. Wow.
0: And the, here, we, here we are, you know, boy laid on down the road, if Top Dog ended up signing the dude, he almost killed. Crazy, so. crazy, and crazy. So, and so the, his dad used to work at the chicken spot. And yes. so he would give Top Dog them food, you know, just like, <laughs> right. like, let me hook y'all up. So the original name of the song was Life Was Like a Box of Chicken. Okay. And then he changed it to Duckworth. But, um, yeah, you know, Dot and I, we talk from time to time. I'll text him, just to check on him, because he, when he goes radio silent, he goes radio silent. hmm and um, you know, we talk from time to time. We have, we always have great conversations when we talk. It's never about just, oh, we're doing the next album. It's yeah. always about life as it stands. And yeah, that's dope. He's one of the most brilliant. He'll go down in history, I believe, as top five all time.
1: Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. That, I I I feel so, man, cuz Kendrick is very very one. He 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 reminds me of a Tupac kind of guy. I knew Pac, used to hang around with Pac and uh they are just full of lyrics. I call them right. just rappers. Some rappers are just full of lyrics and Kendrick is one of those dudes. He can just he got rhymes and then you got more rhymes. He got more rhymes. So I'm out of rhymes after about 4 16s. I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? These guys, man, they're like, "Yo, I got i could do four more songs i'm like yo so kendrick is the, to me that kind of guy you know um working with and that that, that was damn on his fourth album that was his fourth album right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then and then after that i'd be crazy if i didn't go into j cole because other than you there's guys that come jodeci then there's j cole who's coming out up mm-hmm. You know how, how did you link? Uh, you're the OG by now. You already know. Yeah, so You, yeah, yeah, you yeah, link yeah. up with him, and and for mixtape, it's called Wonders of a Cold World.
0: Yeah, somebody made that up. Um, <laughs> I don't. Somebody put that out. No. Yeah. I didn't do that. No. Yeah, man.
1: I Wow. You mean that's false? Information running around with you. Yeah, with- and somebody
0: took a bunch of my beats and put them over them. And, and ah, put them over. okay. Yeah, so somebody somebody's does.
1: using your format. Somebody's using so one of your students. Oh, with there. my beats, is right, sport. right.
0: So yeah, but uh, I've known Cole since 2003, 2004 when he's a teenager. I've known okay. him. Okay. okay,
1: okay, okay. Oh, or do you yeah. plan on working with J. Cole? Anything breaking news? I
0: mean, we we worked together a long time ago on um, a wally mixtape. And then he was on Rhapsody's last album. Right, right. And so yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, man. Hopefully soon. Don't know. But you know, yeah.
1: our situation is up to the rapper. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, you already know. Yo, knife. I wanted to um go over also before we wrap up um Gene Gray the Genius album. Mm-hmm. I thought that was dope. Whose idea was it to use all these rappers' famous album <laughs> covers? And then ours popped up. I'm like. Yo, what's going on here? I love this. So, so, so the first release of that album, we
0: didn't do that. But when the second release, which is quote unquote the official release of that album in 08 or something. Yeah, in 2008. We recorded yeah. in 2005. Yes. But in 2008, we did it. And, you know, it was kind of crazy. We picked four album covers of duos or people with two people on the cover. Okay. And you know who I, who you know who I did, was. and you're me like this. I'm like, and <laughs>
1: ninth is doing my pose.
0: Okay, I'm with you. I see you, ninth. <laughs> you know who I did was. And they were like, okay, the public enemy cover. Okay, the the Raekwon cover. Um, okay, the Black Sheep cover. I said, they were like, we need one more cover. I was like, that's a fact. What is Rob like? And so we did that, and I was like, and that's what that's how we end up doing the dance. Wow, part. wow, wow! I
1: love it. Yo, ninth. It's been almost two hours. I'm, I'm, I am thank you for giving me your time. I got so much more to talk to you about, man. We're going to have a part two. And um, hopefully we can make that happen soon. Because by the time we double back, you're going to have a whole nother.
0: Some more to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right, but trust man. me, this
1: because I want to talk about your label. You've had over 14 releases. You got mixtapes. You got a lot of stuff going on. So this is there's no way we could just cram it all into one interview, but I definitely appreciate Tom. I think this was a great interview. And for those who don't know ninth Wonder, hopefully you learned a lot about my brother from another mother, one of the greatest <laughs> producers around. My so man. with that being said, ninth wonder, my brother, I appreciate you, man.
0: Thank you. OG. Can I just
1: ask you what you got going on now? Just as an outro. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, we're working, you know, my label stuff, we're working on that. We are, um, Teaching still, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm heavily, uh, I have great relationships and heavily, and in, heavily into youth basketball now. Nike mm-hmm. youth basketball, so I deal a lot with Nike, EYBL. That's Elite Youth Basketball. So I deal a lot with that. So proud to say that 15 out of the last however many draft picks, 50 some draft picks. 15 of those are from the Nike EYBL program, mm-hmm. including including the first and second pick, Jalen Green and Kay Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, well, Kay Cunningham and Jalen Green, which is incredible. Um, so, shouts to those boys. Uh, I have a fantastic relationship with Coach Mike Koszewski, Coach K at Duke, um, and my man Lavelle Moten, who I went to college with at North Carolina Central, who played for North Carolina Central, but he's now the coach at North Carolina Central. Um, men's basketball so just doing that man and that's it dog Mm -hmm. a lot lot. yeah
1: you're doing a lot bro trust me i'm tired just doing the research on you i got tired bro like okay (laughs) i ain't doing nothing with my life oh shit this dude has done it all yo (laughs) nice Wonder, my brother from another mother one of the greatest producers around thanks for your time brother Thanks for joining me on today's episode of the Producers Podcast, produced by my guys, Raj and Vic at the Creative Content Agency. I couldn't do it without them. Big shout out to them. If you like what you heard today, please share with everybody that likes to hear about these kind of stories behind the beach with these amazing producers. Also, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five star rating review. Also, for the crew over at Spotify, you know what I mean? Please do what you do over there. Listen, Follow me at my social site, you know what I mean? At crazydrazy, that's K-R-A-Z-Y-D-R-A-Y-Z. Leave me some messages, leave me some questions, leave me some ideas, you know I'm gonna holler back at you because that's just what we do at the Producers Podcast. Hey yo, once again, thanks for tuning in. See you next time, peace.